Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Podcast time. And this week got the one and only uh, Absolute on the episode. Um, loved catching up with him. He's he's an amazing producer. Um, and I've seen videos of his DJ sets and it looks like he's a bloody amazing DJ. Uh, so without further ado, Absolute. Absolute, what's cooking, man? Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah, good. That green hair is looking wonderful as ever. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I gave it a little fresh, fresh years just for you. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. How's life anyway? Where, where are you at at the moment? Yeah, it's good. Um, I'm just in my studio in, in London, um, in London Fields, um, which is where I've been most of this year, actually. I've just been hibernating away for January um, yeah. And just as gigs, gigs start to kind of kick back into place, so it's my my happy place. Nice man. How was your um, Christmas period and all of that? Was it good? Um, it was good actually. It didn't really feel that festive. Mm. Um, I think just because there was just so much chaos going on before yeah. before Christmas, especially in London, um, that it just yeah didn't really feel feels, that festive. Feels like a lifetime away as well. I can't believe it was like literally only a month ago, but yeah, I don't know why it's like. This year's we're in February already, and you're like, oh my god, it's, it's mental. <laughs> well, the good thing summer's coming. The days are this getting lighter. This is true, man. This is true. The days are getting lighter. Although I'm in Detroit right now, and um, oh, okay, how we, was it there? We had like about six inches of snow last week, and, okay. <laughs> and it's like still, it's like minus five today, which is actually pretty warm for how it has been recently. Um, wow but the mornings are getting lighter so there's always a positive always a positive that's good yeah i mean there's not six inches of snow (laughs) so that's like that's something yeah so have you always been how was your christmas in the year it was wicked man like i was lucky enough to get back to the uk to spend time with the family and um yeah i had like a about a month off which honestly killed me i can't stand taking time off and I think <laughs> I think after COVID, having like eighteen months off, and then having another month off after, like after being back touring, and I was just like, I just, I was so fed up with just like not touring. Um, but it was wicked. Yeah, it was nice to see everyone, and it's good to be back out in the states touring, and then back back to Europe for the for some of the some of the summer, which would be nice. Nice. Um, where Where are you from in the UK? From Bristol. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I'm from from Devon, so that's oh really? Cool. Yeah, so that was like my city that I used to go out in. So you're um, no, I'm I'm actually I'm not from Bristol, but it's just easier to tell people that I'm from Bristol. But I'm, <laughs> it's the closest city. I'm from like Somerset near like Cheddar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, bumfuck middle. Oh, yeah, of well, we're not far there. Yeah, we're literally. all like little southwest. Whereabouts in Devon? Southwest are you? Um, from Torquay. Oh yeah, you're so, like so, really close to me. It's like an hour away. Yeah, super close. Yeah, so it's all by the beach, and you know. How was it growing nice, up in nice Turkey? Um, do you know what? It was actually quite a good place to grow up because really? 
I would just be out on my bike or on my skates every day. Yeah. You're in this, like, there's just beaches everywhere. So you can just be going on bike rides, mm. jumping in the sea, you know? And so as like a kid growing up, I think this is, it's great. Yeah. Um, and then when I started kind of hitting sort of music age, there yeah. were a few places actually down there then. So there was like a small music scene and there was like record shops, which I oh, would really? just be in all the time. Yeah. Um, and then that, that scene seems to have, not, not yeah. it doesn't really seem to be there anymore but there, there was luckily a bit of a, a bit of a scene it was more like there was lots of um techno and hard house mm-hmm. and trance back then which is um there's a, a, a club called the monastery which is was kind of famous down that way i don't know if you ever got to go no i didn't go to that. was it actually in a church yeah so it's in, <laughs> in a converted church Epic. um literally the dj booth was the altar oh no so this is so like, good um and it opened, yeah. I mean, it opened at twelve o'clock at night and shut at six a.m. Um, and it didn't serve alcohol. <laughs> so there's lots of, <laughs> so of very friendly people there. <laughs> That's amazing. I actually, I remember going to a rave in Western Supermare back in the day, and I went with a mate, and I, his his family were like super like religious, and it was like a a church rave that the church put on. So it was very similar <laughs> to that. It was just like a big party, but no one was drinking or taking narcotics. Um, always interesting places that because you kind of get everyone like, I don't know. I don't drink myself, but I think when you have like a whole crowd of not drinking or taking drugs, it's kind of weird in a club environment. Yeah, I mean, there definitely wasn't any like normal services going on in this place. It was 100% um, full club vibes at all times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there was definitely lots of stuff going on in that place back then. Strictly, um, strictly I, class A's. Strictly. Um, but, you know, it meant that it. what it did do, though, is it brought all these different people together from these yeah. different walks of life and actually created like a safer space mm. where people could kind of let loose. And I guess for me, that was the first time I'd experienced one of those kind Proper of spaces rated, where, yeah. yeah, you know, where it wasn't like you're worried that someone's going to punch you mm. for like, <laughs> you know, which is what maybe you'd be more, you know, more inclined to at the other venues. Yeah. So that was like a nice, I also think that's the thing in the in the UK. I don't really see it much. Maybe I'm just so far away from it in the US that I just don't really pay attention. But growing up in the UK, there's so many like little clubs in each city. And a lot of the clubs are very commercial based. And it's literally just like a bunch of lager louts going out for a punch up every night. Literally, Espe- yeah. Especially in places like Torquay and Western Supermare and like all the like seaside towns where it's a bit of a destination for people to go. So you get all the northerners come down and it's kind of like their party kind of place. Um, gets a bit messy on weekends. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. So there, it was great. There were a couple of little spots where yeah. it was more about the music and, you know, where people could could go down and enjoy that side of things, which is obviously the, the part I was interested in. Yeah, definitely. In. When did you start writing music? <laughs> Because I, I've, I, uh, I'll be honest. I had only come across you with from your String Theory record. Okay. So yeah, that seemed to be one that a lot of people. Um, it kind of did raise the bar for me that track. Yeah. I think because um, Pete Tong picked it as a, as an essential new tune. It was just kind of like out of the blue. I didn't yeah. expect it. I just kind of not just threw it out, but I kind of put it out on my own label at the mm. end of the year. Um, 
just expecting it to be a bit of a club record and then because it, it's this banging techno tune with yeah. orchestral strings on it and then it, it kind of ended up being um yeah it was pete song's essential new tune annie mac was playing it every week it just kind of just really kind of put all eyes on, on yeah. me from that moment yeah, yeah. um but i guess from there i've probably been making music um as absolute since about 2015 okay so it's um I guess yeah, I was gonna say five years, but obviously we've had two years of, yeah, <laughs> of lockdown, <laughs> which kind of just you always just need to add on next two years now. Yeah. Um so that was so I I I've always always kind of even when I was a kid and just collecting vinyl, I was always just obsessed with dance music. And then I would have I think it's like dance EJ, it was just like really, really old school yeah, I remember that. um music production that was like super basic. And then I think Fruity Loops. They put um, you used to get dance EJ off um on the Kellogg's cornflake packs. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> maybe that's where I got it. That's how I got my first copy of it on Kellogg's. Yeah, on like a like a, a, a pack or a cereal pack. I love that. Imagine that now. Like I know. <laughs> they don't do shit like that anymore. It was like, no, can, can you remember the sample packs that you would get on like, D- I don't know if you can remember these, but on um like Future Music magazine, you used to get like a, a DVD that was like full of samples and then it had like a tutorial on it. And that was on the front of a magazine. And you like, and on Mixmag, Mixmag used to do CDs like every month and yeah the cover mix yeah amazing i remember i had a milo milo did a vinyl once and it was like a seven inch vinyl on the front of the dj mag (laughs) so cool i'm like why why don't you do that anymore but yeah that's it i mean it's that i mean as well for me like growing up in 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 a small town you know that that was kind of a lifeline into underground dance music being able to you know hear these cover mixes from artists that Mm you may not have heard of or you'd probably been reading about but hadn't had a chance to see because they they wouldn't come down to to, to Devon. To that, to that, so it yeah, was a real totally. um yeah it was a real sort of lifeline and uh you know really and such an enjoyable thing that you would really look forward to each month. I think I think also back then this was like pre-internet. It it wasn't pre-internet but it was pre web 2.0 kind of what we know now. But like yeah. there wasn't people streaming music there wasn't really napster hadn't been hadn't started then i don't think maybe it had but i just was completely unaware of it but like the whole culture of dance music where it was kind of like a secret to a certain extent and yeah like you had to kind of be in the know yeah it was like a it was like a cool kids club that you like yeah and there's something about that that i kind of there's I kind of miss right now it's amazing because house music is so commercialized which it allows us to do what we're doing right like that there's never been a time where there's this many DJs that are as successful as, as as they are but there was something really kind of special about the early days where it was like a very small club it was very small kind of minority of people that would go into going to parties and DJs and producers and things like that. Totally. And I think as well, even just, it kind of maybe stems from that, it, like the, that nineties rave culture where you almost yeah. like, even more so than that, when you like, you had to ring a number at this time yeah. or go to the phone box at this time. I love the high, the, I love the idea of that. Mm, you know, yeah. there's this kind of like, you've kind of got to work to get into this, into this like magical euphoric rave. Whereas, 
it, yeah, it just adds this whole extra level of excitement. I totally agree. I did that. I I threw a party in Detroit um, before the pandemic, and we did that. We did like a text thing where you had to text a number to get the the address, and there was something about that that just like it just added added like a special vibe to the party. And I don't know if that was just me yeah. thinking that when I was there, but it just kind of like it wasn't just like people just oh it's going to, we're going to this club tonight we're going to that club tonight it's like everyone like texting you and asking you where the venue is like trying trying to get to know what the venue is before the show and things like that and it's just like there's something special about that which i feel like we've kind of lost a little bit um but i'm not complaining about today as well does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. i just love the whole idea of it it just kind of creates such a good suspense and- yeah you know, it's like you've been let into this special club, which is all, you yeah. know, it's just going to make things, you know, so when you get there, you're even more related and it's just like. Totally, totally. Did you ever do any like free parties when you were younger? Did you go um, to any? Not really. Yeah. I think I kind of missed those. Mm. Um, I didn't know. I was maybe slightly. Because I, I I only went to one free party um, and that was at Kent. It was it. <laughs> it was in an abandoned leisure center in Kent, in Maidstone, I think. And it was New Year's Eve, like I, I can't like easily ten years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that actually. Um, that was a weird experience. Yeah, I've heard about them. They're they're weird. Just, I think there was. Like, I've always heard lots of rumors, but there just didn't seem to be. Um, yeah, any kind of close to me when I was, I, I heard about them when I was like really young, like yeah. teenager when I wasn't really able to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I mean, maybe there were still some going on that I just didn't know about. Yeah, the the I went. I I bet some came back during COVID as well. I bet some people. Some yeah, I can imagine. Definitely started. Yeah. I love the concept of it, but it's just not for me. I'd rather. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit weird. Definitely. um sorry i went we were on a massive tangent then so string theory um and started you started producing 2015 um what what was the kind of point where you were like i need to start writing music were you djing beforehand yeah so i was i was running um club nights in london like underground queer parties Mm. for maybe like eight or ten years um which was amazing like it was what were they called so incredible um, so the first one was called Super Electric Party Machine. Yeah. Um, and it was, I did that with Larry T. He was like one of the like OG club kids yeah. from, with the whole RuPaul crew. Yeah. Um, so it ended up being this like hotbed of just super colorful, loads of drag queens, yeah. loads of club kids, Sick. just like really just super fun energy. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Larry moved to Berlin and then I started a party called What Club, which was, um, okay something that was because originally it was a weekly party yeah. that was like and it's quite relentless doing doing a weekly yeah, party till 6 a.m every week so um i decided to do, do a monthly party something that was a bit more created mm. start pulling in like other other names and other artists just make it feel a little bit more special um and it was still would be like full of club kids and yeah. you know that that vibe still which was which was amazing uh but then there was a kind of and we trying to built it up took it it was like the official pride party mm. um, we took over one of the main stages at milkshake festival in amsterdam which is like huge huge queer festival which is amazing festival yeah. um but then i like knew it was we, and it was all great but it wasn't 
I could feel like I was missing something. Like I needed to pursue music yeah. as my sole, um, you know, pursue. And I think it just, it got to the point where, yeah, I just had to just take a leap of faith and, a, and just be like, okay, right. I'm stopping everything yeah. apart from stuff that is going to push me forward in the absolute project. So um, I was DJing all the time then, but I just kind of just stopped any gig that wasn't because I was kind of just doing music. So I was putting on club nights and then just DJing where I could to, yeah. make, to make money to kind of just survive. Um, but they weren't necessarily all gigs that were, you know, pushing me forward in the, mm. the right direction. So I kind of just stopped all gigs that weren't yeah pushing me forward mm. um, and just spent as much time as I possibly could just writing music. And then after that kind of scary leap of faith is when things started to to actually happen to, to yeah started to happen and that was maybe after 2015 it was probably a couple of years after that because I, there was a still a crossover period where yeah. i was making music as absolute and still doing the club nights but the great thing about doing all those nights is it just you know i just met every person on yeah. the scene in london um you know just made so many friends so many contacts uh, and it was you know it was a wild ride for sure <laughs> just having like this and also being able to create these safe spaces where people genuinely felt free to express themselves in any way Mm. you know whether it was gender expression or just letting loose and being who they want without any kind of prejudice and um beyond that it was kind of celebrated and we kind of felt like you know like a little family rather than just um you know it wasn't bitchy it wasn't Mm. you know people trying to clamber on top of each other it just felt like a good proper party a good yeah like a good proper party where everyone wanted to have a fucking great time and wanted the best for everyone around them and that that's really kind of stuck with me yeah no i love that attitude because i think it's so important like everyone has issues in everyday life right everyone has things that they're going through everyone has things that they're trying to deal with and for me like a nightclub is the only one of the only places where people can literally just forget about all of that shit and kind of just escape reality for five hours of of their weekend and kind of put it all put it all under the carpet for a little bit um that's it yeah no outside pressures just kind of be who they want to be for that yeah for that amount of time and especially in queer spaces i think that's like even more important because Mm, totally you know it's like sometimes that's the only place where they feel they can be themselves which is well, i think that's it is in i guess when you're a, a minority and you're kind of in the general public it i'm pretty sure it can feel pretty kind of tough to express how you actually feel because you d- you're gonna get judged and you don't want to get judged and kind of you, you've got all of these external pressures from everybody else um and I guess when you're in a space where you can truly be yourself and not be judged, it's kind of super important. Definitely. Totally. It's also where like the most fun happens. Yeah. Like there <laughs> is, I mean, the, like those kind of like mixed queer parties are without a doubt some of the best, yeah. you know, atmospheres that I've ever experienced in any party or when, you know, wherever I've played, because it's just, there's this extra liberation yeah. in the air that just, you know, when people feel safe, they can just, really let loose you know and they do and that's the joy of it yeah no i agree with that i I totally agree with that it's um there's it's just about being free right without sounding cliche as hell yeah. it's just about being able to just like fully be yourself and i think when people are accepted they can just be themselves in a in a certain space it kind of makes everything it goes back to what we were saying about 
kind of the like the specialness of like a, a, a like secret party and things like that it just adds adds to the whole like ambiance of the of the club um of the night and there's something really special about that yeah when almost like the when you know when the crowd is like sort of becomes one consciousness yeah. and you're all just like you yeah. know having having the like this like peak moment oh, i love it it's it, to be fair like it's not often that i get that feeling when i'm playing i don't know about you but like yeah. it's not it's not yeah it's really not often that you get that but when you get that occasionally it's literally like the best feeling ever literally the, the <laughs> best <laughs> it's the biggest buzz that like you know out of anything possible yeah um you know better than any drug better than you know any other high it's just yeah it's it's just pure elation seeing people have fun is is i guess <laughs> i guess we're lucky right what we do um by for sure by doing that what was it like putting on parties and promoting and like on a weekly basis that's pretty pretty intense yeah i mean at first i kind of i i loved it and it was great i mean actually not at first that's that's like because it took maybe like three months to to get it into all the party like clicked and then it was then it was a vibe but for those first three months i mean it's it's pretty soul destroying when there's like (laughs) five people in a room and you're like what the fuck's going on i've just spent like you know so much time trying to put you know put stuff into this and then i'd be djing at the party promoting the party kind of running the party yeah at night you know so there was like there's a lot of stuff going on and it's it takes it out of you but once it you know you've kind of had to push past that barrier and yeah. then push out your comfort zone and keep just come to my party come yeah, to my yeah. party come to my party and then you know eventually people do come to your party <laughs> uh, and that's when that's when it starts getting fun and when it starts getting exciting yeah and the other good thing about it for me was that it meant that i would be djing every single week to um and i would be playing at different times of the night so sometimes i'll be closing four till six which was probably my favorite favorite time to play because you um because it was kind of queer party um at the start obviously everything's a bit lighter and well just in general at a party i guess and then but by the sort of end of the night i felt like i had sort of creative reign to just do what i wanted to give it um, and take it as hard or as weird as you know (laughs) as i wanted and that was that's that's that was exciting because it wasn't i didn't before that i hadn't really had many opportunities where Mm. i could really experiment properly like that well i guess that's kind of like a good headline spot right and when you're growing your career you never really get to headline anything yeah that's it and then here you go you can open yeah okay great there's like the barmaid and like the glass collector and then when (laughs) you get then when you get to the point where you're headlining you just want to open the club and you just want to play music (laughs) just to like play chill (laughs) music yeah it's been like i mean because this last year really i've been like i mean it's been incredible because i've got to play at all these like amazing mm. venues that have been on my like wish list for so yeah. long whether it's like printworks or warehouse project loads of these kind of big rooms where it's like you know you're at peak energy and you've got a yeah. there's not really any give and any let up and that's like a whole new different style yeah. of playing and you know keeping keeping everyone engaged in the in those moments um but then recently i've actually so then i've been you know wanting to kind of play some smaller venues mm. again just to kind of 
experiment a bit more again and just yeah. kind of get a bit weird and um but i mean i think it's yeah both are i, I love both so <laughs> yeah they both have their different kind of payoffs don't they i guess like playing in front of like ten thousand people was pretty fucking special and then <laughs> yeah and then playing in front of 200 people is so intimate that you you can feel like you're part of the party and yeah you literally control the whole room by whatever your next record is yeah that's such a it's it's wild you're like the conductor of fun (laughs) yeah it's so wild (laughs) it's it's mad what we do if you think about it like it is crazy we are very lucky i don't know yeah for sure i mean i'm so grateful that i get to do this it's i mean it's literally what i've been dreaming of so yeah man you've been smashing it recently as well you're like everywhere (laughs) absolutely (laughs) everywhere like literally since since i heard string theory i kind of like started following you i think i actually messaged you about that record because i was like i haven't heard a record like this in a long time and there was something special about it because it wasn't trying to be a, a back, it wasn't trying to be a hit right it, you didn't like put yeah. any like you, you could have quite easily got a top line on that and like made it a cheesy commercial dance record because it was it had that like it reminded me of like eric Pritz, pajanu and things like that it kind of was just like a very solid club record that's just it, just an instrumental very simple but just so effective it was just like unbelievable and um ever since then i kind of started following you and literally you've just been like going from like i've just been i i I, because being an artist myself and and seeing we all have goals if you know what i mean we all have things that we want to achieve in, in our careers and i can literally i can imagine you ticking I see you post something. I'm like, there's another one that he's ticked off, and there's another <laughs> one he's ticked off, and there's another one. And I'm like, it's it's been amazing to watch over the even during the pandemic. Like you, you were doing a lot of big things in in the pandemic, and it's it's been wicked to see. It's been really good to see. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been. It feels like there's been some really intense months where it felt like there was at one point where it was just like every single day I was doing something that was push me out of my comfort zone yeah. um stuff that would be on my bucket list that normally mm. i'd be like i need to prepare like two weeks for this or like and it was just like there's no time it's yeah. like you've got to do this tomorrow um oh yeah you're doing a mix mag stream oh yeah you're you're like you're gonna be on the cover of mix mag. <laughs> yeah that oh, was yeah, mad it's like there's just like there was like I'm, uh, you know like a million things that all kind of happened at once and it was kind of just trying to just just yeah. like stay focused and get through it and just enjoy the enjoy the ride of it all um um so it's been uh, yeah i mean it's just been in- incredible but i think as well it comes you dream of all these things and then i think obviously these like new challenges come up totally. and then obviously you you know you there's other things that you didn't think you think about but you know mm. if you're doing the right things if you're uh, you know i think for me as well I, I i felt like i've had like quite a big breakthrough during lockdown because yeah. at the start of lockdown it just i was totally sort of I um, I felt like I mean I was just about to go on tour in the UK for the first time like first proper tour um, I'd just done the Mixed Mag Lab I'd just had a central tune it felt yeah. like there was things were you know finally like mm. chipping away for so long things were coming together and then there was the pandemic and it was like 
no, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to stop you there. So that was like really demotivating. Yeah, um, and then I ended up doing an, an idea generation course that kind of kickstarted my creativity what, again. What's, what's that? Um, so it's by this guy called Mike Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and he, it was, I think he actually did it for free at the start of, mm. of the first lockdown in the UK. Um, and I was like, okay, well, there's no, there's no harm in trying this. I'm literally, you know, sat yeah. at home. I felt like I was in a big hole. Um, and that kind of, I, I ended up writing like a hundred track demos in two weeks or something, which wow. is just like obscene amount and something that I haven't written as yeah. much again. And it was the most I'd ever written, but um, that kind of then just became a starting point for actually putting together a big body of work during what, lockdown. So what the, the Mike Monday thing, what was the basis of that? So the the like what what you do is you'd create you can kind of do it in any however you create music yeah, you kind yeah. of can could translate so you basically get five tracks and mm-hmm. uh, so it could be like drums bass yeah. strings you know whatever yeah and you could pick five that you kind of like to write with it could be a, could be a vocal yeah. um, and then you basically just write in the parts for each bit but you don't really give it too much attention you're not going back and like tweaking everything eking everything mixing it down you're kind of just getting everything down and you're kind of getting into a flow where you're just just creating basically and then eventually when you kind of start getting into that flow um you know you end up just being able to kind of i don't know you're kind of just channeling something from somewhere um that you know obviously there's a load of shit in there as well that of course you know we'll never see the light of day but there's even just having a bank of drafts of stuff that you can kind of click back into and just, um, so that was kind of, yeah, that in itself. And then it kind of evolves through and then you start, start doing it instead of doing it with stuff that you love making music on, you randomly select a sound and you have to make something with it. Okay. So it just kind of throws you into, uh, like, you know, into a different trajectory that it's it's more about discovery rather than design, I think. So that, you know, you're kind of going into the studio, not really knowing what's going to come out. And mm. I kind of love that about making music. And it's, um, I feel now I'm kind of, I think a balance of the two, like part discovery, part yeah. design is kind of, I think where I've got a sort of sweet spot, but I love the idea. And we'll put, I probably need to do another one actually, where you just, just get a, a whole massive, music. a massive music yeah, down. Um, it's very, and, it's, and, sorry and, to burn, but it's very easy to just like do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm probably the opposite of that. I feel like probably I probably need to do the same thing a bit more. I'm always just like, yeah, always kind of pushing to try and discover something new yeah. or you know, push to a different sound or try something new. But I guess um yeah, but I, I kind of that's kind of what excites me in the studio yeah. because I, I kind of need that some something new to kind of keep me variety. Keep me hooked. Yeah. But it's um so and with with that course actually i i just got the ableton push so i kind of was okay. using that as yeah. a base to play everything yeah um and because it's such an easy tool like you can just go in select the key that you want to be in and then mm. you know everything you press is in in key is going to be in the key it's always so like, handy <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is you know because i'm not like creatively trained or anything i just yeah. kind of taught myself everything and even though i play everything on my own tracks yeah um yeah it was so it just felt like it gave me a bit of uh just a bit of a boost and free reign to just mm. be like fuck it i'm just gonna you know go wild and see what comes out yeah 
piss about. That's amazing. And what came from did were you was that album? Did did an album come I, out of that, or did like a big body of work? Yeah, so I was I, I did put a big body of work out called Wonderland. Like a, it was like a mixtape album. Yeah, um, that was in twenty twenty one. Right, that was twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was la- last year, um, and that. I think I ended up only using one track from that, oh, really? from that like main <laughs> bit because I kind of felt like I was just on a roll and we yeah. had this whole, we had a whole extra year to just mm. like, play with. So I was just like, well, let's just, you know, that once I'd got my, like, you know, got my vibe back in the studio, yeah. I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just keep going and just yeah. seeing what comes. And then you kind of just keep going. And then if something else comes out, that's better. You just mm. like, you know, you switch it out. But the, the track that um, I did use on there is a track called for now, which is, it's a Great track record. that I closed the mixtape with, yeah. which is just like, just super emotive. And yeah, it was, um, even when I was just writing it, I could just feel that there was like so much emotion in it. Mm. And it was record. kind of just like where, oh, I think like, I didn't know where it came from, but you know, just from getting into that creative flow, I think that sometimes when the best stuff just happens. Yeah, man, totally. Do you, do you like old rave records? Yeah, I feel like I kind of grew up on those. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's um, and I think in lockdown as well, I was like so drawn to old rave. Yeah, I don't know if it's because it's that going back to that freedom, and mm. we were just locked away, and I just wanted the most euphoric, hardest, fastest like music yeah. that I could possibly listen to, because that was kind of what was getting me through this mm. situation that we were in by being in these four walls, and then randomly the the flat that I used to live in during lockdown, um, I, I found out while we were in lockdown that the the building used to be home to this legendary rave in oh, really? London called Wonderland Arena. And it was like, Carl Cox used to play there, Frankie Knuckles, the prodigy. And no I was way. like, how am I just finding this out now? <laughs> and it was as I was writing loads of like, this like high energy rave. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this must be a sign from the universe that, that I'm doing something right. That I've just, you know, everywhere you can be locked down the fucking building <laughs> used to be this like mad rave so that so i ended up calling the, the mixtape wonderland in you know in that in its honor yeah um and yeah so especially around then i was really really drawn to it and i think because yeah and, and even now in sets i kind of been playing a lot of sort of harder even some hard house and some trance really? that i've been like slotting in towards the end of sets that just feels like it's you know it fits in it's not like i'm doing a whole set of it but it will you know sometimes it just gives you that energy that you need um, just works yeah and it's yeah and it's been nice to kind of be able to play out these records that i was listening to yeah back in the day when i wasn't able to you know when i was just mixing in my bedroom yeah, before yeah. i could go out yeah no i feel that i used to do that with drum and bass quite a lot because growing up in the southwest i don't know about what it was like in torquay but bristol was like drum and bass it still is the spot it's like drum and bass <laughs> like i don't know mecca and uh yeah i used to i used to play quite a bit of drum and bass um to or like i'd make a an edit and it would go into drum and bass and then go back into house music oh uh, nice i like that idea yeah it's it's fun i guess it's just like people aren't expecting it um, yeah i guess quite fast so you got like yeah there's because i wrote, wrote one of the tracks on the mixtape album is basically like a jungle track it's like 160 mm. so but I can't really play it in that many sets or I can play it at the end. And um, 
you know, the next DJ just got to just kind of deal with <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck the next DJ <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, I there's there's something special about or goes back to what we were saying about moments in a in a club, and those are the moments that people remember. I find is when yeah. you you do something different that kind of just changes the whole vibe of the of the um of the room up is totally there i always love surprising yeah in sets yeah because it's it's very easy just to kind of play the same sort of stuff and kind of you're playing on the same like lineup where everyone's kind of playing similar music whether it's a house or techno or whatever lineup but it's very like i was listening listening to a ketama mix the other day and i never really listened to, to mixes i'm not i'm not one to listen to mixes i they just do my head in if I'm honest. And I but I was listening to a Ketama mix and I was like, this this dude's playing some really interesting music that I wouldn't expect. And I'd love to yeah. hear this in a like this would go down in a club really well. Um, yeah, Ketama's amazing. He's like he's a friend of mine and yeah. one of my probably one of the producers I play the most in my sets. Yeah, his production's wicked. He's solid. Yeah, he's he's yeah, I've played with him a few times. He's He's great DJ. Yeah. And yeah. an artist in general. Um I want to talk about family planning, your label. Yeah. One of the best um label names out there, if I'm honest. There's like, <laughs> there's like hidden messages all over it, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I love it. What was what was the whole idea behind the name? I I've got to ask it. It's the most generic question as well, but I've got to ask. <laughs> so the i mean the the idea i mean originally i was thinking it was going to be a club night mm. so um it was i'd kind of stopped doing what club was focusing on making music mm. and then i was kind of missing doing parties yeah so i and i think i'd always just had a bank of like club names and club ideas yeah um just you know always bubbling up bubbling under and then family planning was the one that really stuck and part of it it was basically like especially this is especially true for queer kids in the lgbtq plus community but um pe- people like find their family on the dance floor mm. it's you know they sometimes they've been abandoned by their parents you know it happens yeah. a lot and then they've you know they you're finding literally your new family on the dance floor um, and obviously it happens in you know I, I i've met some of my best friends in the world like the first time i ever went to the monastery in Turkey, i, I met a girl on the dance floor she's been one of my best mates yeah you know for like 20 years so that's you know the ethos behind it is that like you know you find your family on the dance floor and that's and then obviously it's got just family planning as the name adds an extra meaning and it's so that that's that was the original like concept behind it and uh you know and the ethos that i wanted it to be about for for the next night about you know you find your family on the floor yeah and again so that also translate into into music and then we turned it into a, a, label. a label yeah it's an amazing name and i like i really like the kind of concept behind it are you releasing other artists music on it or are you just doing yourself at the moment um i think i am actually going to release i'm going to start doing that this year because yeah. i feel like there's this whole crew of us all coming through um you know and we're all mates we um so there will be some some bits coming out on it I, i'm actually going to release uh i've got a release coming out this this friday i'm not sure when this on yeah, friday this, the 11th okay it will be uh, out so, by the time this is this goes live 
cool so um so the track's out now then. <laughs> um and it's uh, it's called damarum um and it's kind of a super emotive techno tune yeah um but that's going to be the first release on family planning okay. um for about a year and a half or maybe maybe two years yeah uh, and i just w- yeah wanted to kind of have a place where i can release stuff and yeah. where you know my crew can also release release bits and yeah. again keeping in that family planning ethos of you know cultivating this new family which is what i'm always about yeah it's super important in this industry to have that i find i find there's a lot of labels that just release music and there's not really a culture behind the label um and i think there's the labels that really succeed on uh there's there's very successful labels out there that that don't have that family kind of thing but for me there's like a longevity of a of a label of a crew that just like is about 10 people and they're all just like a crew and a family there's something super important about that and you you get that vibe when you're at the party you get that vibe when you listen to the music it's just for me that's really important definitely that's also been the nice thing about I've been getting like, you know, a lot of the gigs recently that I've been doing is uh, there's always someone that I'm really good mates with yeah. on the lineup. Um, cause it feels like this whole, there's like a whole new gen coming through and it's like, you know, we actually want the best for each other. We're not trying to like just clamber on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, so I'm always, yeah, just super happy when there's, mm. you know, my mates on the lineup. Um, I guess it's slightly different if you're just going and you're headlining somewhere, but when it's, yeah, generally all the kind of bigger lineups, there's always someone on there, which is just, just add so much more enjoyment to the whole thing for me yeah it's so much nicer i did i've just started my tour over here in the states and i've booked people on like as to kind of come and headline with me um and it's just been so nice to be able to travel with people that you're like homies and like you can talk about music you can bitch and moan about issues that you're (laughs) dealing with and it's just so much nicer than like just doing it by yourself yeah totally yeah yeah so just 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 it's almost like you're going on holiday rather yeah, than literally. Like, you're going to work <laughs> and then just hope people turn up and have a party but if yeah. they don't you can still have yeah. a good time um yeah that's it no i love that so what what label did you put the wonderland stuff out on um so that was out through skin bmg oh, cool. Um, so I'm still working with skin and bmg i love those guys yeah. they've been they've been great um so actually i've gonna do a, a single with them we've got a couple of singles coming up with them yeah. stuff that's kind of a bit sort of bigger or maybe has a bit more legs and then yeah uh, stuff on family playing will be you know my sort of more club stuff. sort of more credible underground club stuff that, yeah because that, i'm just yeah making so much stuff at the moment it's, mm. i think that's part of been that's why i like about doing a big body of work is that i mean it started at just kind of you know it can go from disco to hardcore yeah yeah <laughs> uh, whereas i think this year i'm gonna maybe try and wait have you, have, you actually, more. have you actually been writing hardcore <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, it's all it's all like I, I was writing a lot of that in lockdown oh wow uh, I, yeah i haven't um uh, but i don't know if it'll see the light i've played a few of it at, towards the end of sets um but yeah now it's i will think i want to try and hone, hone it in a little bit so that it's um well for now and then you know probably in a month's time i'll be like nah i want to make disco or i'll yeah, yeah. make banging techno again or i just i think yeah i just want to be 
I need to be excited and I think it's good to have surprises and yeah totally. I mean now it's um I think there's been, there's been so many you know people always want to try and put you in a box and mm. I've been quite careful to just not do loads of stuff in the same yeah way because I've my two goal and what I have been able to is building up to a live show so yeah. um you know I was I was lucky to go on tour with 808 State and yeah. support them as like a little taster uh but that's kind of always been in the back of my head so mm. it's keeping keeping things sort of fluid until well i think that's the thing is by going by kind of setting yourself as a live artist you allow yourself to play so much different music right it doesn't just have yeah. to be four four it doesn't have to be anything it can be whatever you want because when you're live people are, are expecting a live show they're not expecting you to dj yeah exactly i think that was one of the great things about one of the one of the positives that came out of, of lockdown is that you know, they weren't, they weren't any clubs. So it kind of just took out this pressure of having to make something that's just gonna, you know, keep people jumping up and down for five minutes. Like it's, you know, you can open it up and explore. And I've like, you know, I was writing loads of really sort of emotional, slower stuff. Um, just uh, that we did, I didn't put out, um, or put on the, put on the album, but just as, as, you know, as an experiment and just to, feel free to kind of create what you want which is just a quite liberating yeah scary no, totally. now though because you're just like what the fuck am i going to make today <laughs> yeah and i think there's also there's certain like for me i i don't know about you but i find our music nowadays is like our business card to get gigs and yeah it's pretty hard to like be or like when you're putting out music the i don't know about you but do you like stress about if it's going to do well on streaming, if it's going to do how it's going to do on radio, I, d- I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, that's a big thing for me where we kind of gauge the success of a record. And I think, although I don't kind of make music to be successful on the radio or, or streaming, there's a part of it that there's a part of in my head, probably subconsciously that's going, hang on a minute, Will, this isn't, this is going to never get played on radio and this is never going to get playlisted on Spotify. Um, Do you ever get that with when you're writing? Uh, Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it depends on what, what I'm writing as well at the time. Mm. I think if I'm, if I'm writing something that I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to, this could potentially do well on radio. But also what I found out is that sometimes you actually just never know because string theory. Yeah. I mean, no one even wanted to, uh, we sent it to some radio pluggers. They didn't even want to, didn't want to even do it because it was like it just sounded so different you know it was just the little club record in in theory that you know you could just so also now what I, radio bloggers was that come on call them out it wasn't jacko but was to be it? fair it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like a, it didn't sound like a radio track uh, yeah. a, a sort of standard track that would yeah. do well on the radio but it just turned out that you know just having something that was um i guess so just strong and simple and different to what was out yeah. is what what sort of yeah what what pushed it through so so part of it is yeah now i try not to worry about it too much but of course you want what you're doing to be successful yeah um but if you start thinking about that for me when i'm in the process then it can just be a real sort of creativity kill yeah but um i also i do think about it and where i also i like now there's all these pressures of like I put a track out, where is it going to place me? Am yeah. I playing with the right artists? Mm. You know, am I playing at the right things that I want to play at? So there's all these, like, it's such a fine line of, 
you know, mm. where to of all these, it's like this massive game of chess. I think it's less so much now. I feel there's a lot of new people coming through that are kind of bucking that trend and just releasing different types of music that yeah. aren't expected. And I think if we continue to do that, then it should just free up things for other artists. There's a huge, to, yeah, there's a huge scene in the UK right now that there's a lot of people just like, right. They're, they're putting out loads of kind of different house music or different electronic music. There's just like yeah. not necessarily club music, but not necessarily not club music, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's that kind of, um, I heard Jaguar talking about it. Like, do you mean like more like the chill house stuff where it's kind of dancey and breaksy, but you yeah. could have it on on a Sunday at home or you could kind of have it at the start of a night out on a. Yeah. Like what Tisha's doing, like what. Um, yeah fred again's doing and kind of and also similar to what you're doing on some of the records you're releasing it's like mal grab that kind of dj pool boy though it's kind of this whole like i guess it's like the lo-fi scene the lo-fi crew yeah um which is really interesting because there's i love listening to that music would i necessarily play it if I'm headlining, no, because it's just not going to work. But if I'm opening, yeah. if I'm opening a a, a a club, then yeah, it's kind of perfect for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a definitely. I'm. It's I like. It's really nice to see something. There hasn't been anything like this for a while. That I'm like, wow, this is like genuinely really good music. It's not just like yeah, yeah, that's it. It's not just like generic tech house. That's just the 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 kids are enjoying it because it's a good party record it's like that it's genuinely really well done music yeah totally it's interesting mm. and you know there's live instruments on it there's yeah. you know it, there, it's like there's textures i mean it was for a while i mean i just love like putting i put distortion on like every single thing and then kind of dial it back yeah so it's just like just so that there's like a texture or i like stuff that kind of makes it feel like it's a bit Real. more live yeah i like that I like that. How's your um? How's the whole like live set process going? Because I can I know that's a that's a hard process, especially if you're yeah, not like classically is... trained. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Like I'm not classically yeah, trained, yeah. and the thought of doing a live set, I've always wanted to do one, but I'm like, I can't play live. I can't play the piano. <laughs> I can't do anything like that. So like, <laughs> how how's the whole process? Um, it was daunting. It was yeah. scary as fuck because I feel like. I know I can just go and smash a set. Like yeah. I know I'm can do. I you know I, if I'm DJing, I know I can do a good job. Yeah. But it was just this whole extra skill set and learning to play stuff. Even though I'd already kind of played it when I made it, but yeah. just having to play it kind of on demand mm. um, and learning how to play each bit. And it was kind of it was just me up there. So then I had um, I, for for this for the show actually I ended up like condensing everything down. But the first live show that I did. At Islington Assembly, I had um, you can see this little I had the yeah. Cynthia, the Jupiter X, um, and I got that because it's has like five different Roland synths yeah, in one. So, so yeah, I was like, I can kind of just automatically click through, and then okay, this is it's got the settings for the next track, yeah. and then it will have the bass, and I'll play, maybe play the bass, and then the next thing I'll play the chords. Mm. Um, and I was kind of alternating between playing some of it on the push and then playing some of it on like the that, yeah. keyboard. I mean, when I was like freaking out, I'd be like, I'm just going to play it on the push <laughs> just because I think I'd just been playing so much stuff on the push that I felt like 
you know that is an instrument in itself which i felt i'd like yeah got to grips with um and but then I, and then there was a drum machine which i would kind of just freestyle over mm. the top and create build-ups or just add different percussion just it would each time would be different yeah and then i'd have two zone k2 controllers which okay. kind of act as a mixer with four stems yeah. so i'd be like cutting out like drums bass yeah, yeah. um then like percussion and then kind of everything else and then i would be doing effects on those yeah. parts um and then i'd also have some clips so i would kind of be changing the arrangement of things okay. At the same time but originally i was trying to just go like all guns blazing and then i was like okay i just yeah. need to just dial this back because also as well when people come and see me dj i'm quite energetic and i'm jumping about and i think you know if they then came to see me and i'm just like my head's down head's and down, i'm just yeah. you know like <laughs> that's not the kind of, kind of performer that i am i'm kind of engaged with yeah. everyone and up and high energy so um so i kind of dialed it back and trying to get a balance where i can still do both of those things mm. um but it is it is really daunting and it's fucking scary yeah, I bet. um and it was yeah it's so i think it for me I, I think it will definitely keep evolving um you know i like the idea of having more hardware and then sort of being able to manipulate sounds um rather than just playing every single note because yeah. also as well people want to hear the track in the way that it's you know they want it to still sound and it's an original form. you know yeah yeah so it's um so i you know it's just it's something that i'm still evolving but That's cool. it was it was it was a challenge to kind of pull every i basically had to put everything inside a hand luggage case okay. because on the tour i was like i was doing live show and then i was djing separately so sometimes i'd have oh, to like wow. fly to a gig yeah um i think i was i had a gig i played at a festival in aberdeen which is like really far up in scotland yeah um and it was going to be like a 12 hour train to get back <sighs> to London. And I was just like, I can't go on. Like, <laughs> um, that's, I guess in the States, people take 12 hour train journeys. Yeah, so like, but... It doesn't really happen in, in the UK. No. Um, so I was just like, there's no ways I can do that. And then there was supposed to be a gig in, in Ireland. And so I, yeah, anyway, I condensed it all down. And I was kind of glad that I did because yeah. it just made me really streamlined with it. And I know that I could just kind of, you know, rock in with with that um, but i also want to start exploring with with my voice as well um, okay. there's a couple of tracks where i've you know i've got got them on so i think that will be something that i'll develop and can then that sing? can be like an extra um well i mean i've sang all my tracks and it sounds good yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's so, but i mean it, it's something new that i'm i'm exploring that's cool um, i wouldn't necessarily say that i was i was a singer but it is i i would be writing music and then i would just hear hear vocals that melody, i would then just yeah. put down um and there's a couple of them that i'm yeah that i'm enjoying so that's dope i love that what's it like um because i've i've have like a side project that that kind of isn't really doing anything at the moment and it's like a duo between me and a mate and we were gonna do a live show and then our laptop it was like we were playing at a festival in um california and the the tent was so hot that our lap the laptop just like died. <laughs> just not having it. Just like yeah, we did, we thank God we did sound check, um, but we turned it on and like it wasn't even the hottest of part of the day, and we did sound check, and the laptop was just like no, absolutely not. Um, but the process for for like kind of going through that live setup for us, like we're planning, we're actually planning the what the set list is which is such a 
strange concept from a DJ. Because for me yeah. as a DJ, I don't plan a set list. I know roughly what I'm going to play, but I don't. We don't plan it. And I, and what's? Yeah. How did you find that? Because you're like, oh, at this time, this record's going to come on, and this record's going to come on. Like, what was your? How did you find that? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I actually ended up changing it after. Um, I think I, I after a couple of sets because I ended up changing it. Um, but I mean, it is. You know, I was just starting with stuff that was a bit sort of softer and not yeah. as intense, um, but also not super chill. Like you want mm. it to still, you want to start kind of like at a mid level still, where it's yeah. still got some some energy. Um, and then I would end with and um, the Euphoria track, which was mm. just like 160 BPM. So that for me, I was like that was the track that I knew I had to end with because it was just. Just so, such yeah, like yeah. peak energy, yeah. and in a live setting, like that's kind of where you you know you want to leave them on a yeah. on a high. Um, so I knew that that was going to be the case, and then it was from it was kind of just you know slotting things around mm. and seeing what felt right um, until it got into a place where I was like, okay, this feels like a like a good flow. Yeah, um, and also as well, I was having to make sure that um, things were kind of in key as they were coming through, so yeah. that certain parts I would be sampling out there's like a little vocal um, part of, of one of my tracks and i would like i took that out sampled it and then was like pitching it up mm. so that it would be playing on top of the old track yeah at a higher pitch um oh sorry playing on top of the new track at a higher pitch yeah, yeah yeah so that everything just felt like it was all kind of coming together but then you're getting like a new sound that you wouldn't have heard yeah you know on either of the tracks or in a dj set that's cool um so it was, it was yeah literally just just trial and error and i guess from just knowing from playing a lot just kind of you know yeah thinking what you think would it is going to work but it's yeah, yeah. it's it, it is a very strange concept you know because obviously we're just completely flu- free and fluid when we dj if, if something's not working we can just like see you later and just or if you know if we want to change a track or up the tempo or whatever it's you've got free reign but when it's when it's a live set you're kind of a bit more set the, the good thing with ableton push though is that you i could kind Switch. of skip things forward or okay if, so say if something was kind of going on a bit longer than yeah the felt the crowd were ready for i could start bringing in things That's earlier cool. and again also keep things looped yeah, yeah. Um, and create build-ups with the drum machine mm. start adding snare rolls and you know creating a bit more drama yeah. at, at points if i felt like it needed it is there I haven't seen the live set but is there like a plan to do anything visually because you're quite a visual person like you said um what is there like anything that you kind of got in your head where you're like this is the goal for the live set yeah I mean I definitely want to have a full like audio visual 360 immersive show like that would be incredible you know like I've got it would be amazing to do it something like the roundhouse in Camden where it's just you know but um for when i when i did the, i was kind of when i was touring with 808 state i you know i was the support so i wasn't really able to do my yeah. any kind of vi- visual side of stuff mm. um we did have visuals on when i did my first live show at Islington assembly yeah and it was kind of a mishmash of i've got this kind of little like dancing man icon which oh, like oh yeah i've seen that in terms yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, so we kind of had him jumping about but i think once I think the plan for the, ne- the next live show is I'm going to put another body of work together yeah. um, and have an album, which is like a proper artist album. Mm. Um, and I think when I tour that as a proper live show, then everything will be, work. you know, 
considered and there will be a full full visual show yeah. to go with it wow. as well. Is your plan to be a full-on album artist? I I love the idea of doing yeah. albums. Like for me, I think I've grown up with dance albums. I love the artistry of putting a piece of music together that's not just, you know, a track here, a track there. I Ever since I think I had Daft Punk's homework album, I was like, I'm going to do something like this once yeah. I'm, I'm older. I think that's quite young when it came out. But it, you know, I, that is what excites me. I yeah. like to be able to put in creativity into creating these, you know, a body of work which is has impact. Mm. And I know it's kind of the not really what's done as much anymore. Um, you know, everyone just wants a, the single the and single, they want to yeah. have like, you know, they want to have like a two minute edit of the single yeah. and they want it now. But for me, creating something that, you know, is is a moment and a piece that's what excites me. I totally agree. I think I think we're actually going in I I I hope that we're going into the era where people start making albums again and growing up we had so many iconic dance albums in the uk like so many yeah and it kind of shaped a whole scene and it wasn't really like i was listening to the chems chems first album the other day and although they're in the like electronic house techno field it wasn't it was more rock which was weird. Because, yeah, they were quite indie back then. Yeah, yeah, and like it was obviously it was all samples and shit like that. But like even Fatboy Slim, like his first album, like that, it was an all sample based album. But there was something super totally. like yeah Indian rock about them, which I'm really excited with. Like like yourself doing an album, I feel like there's you know kind of bring back that era. Maybe not that necessarily sound, but like that vibe i think i think it adds so much more value as an artist that you're that when you become an album artist there's there's kind of a bigger story of who you are as a as an artist and as a person i think totally and even just like on a, for a personal level just making music i think because i like making different genres it yeah. kind of gives me the freedom to you know to maybe make something that's a bit more over one way than i would yeah. do if it was just a single that you know, having like a body of work, you can kind of create a story that makes sense and that gives you a bit more leeway to to express yourself a bit more. Totally. But for me, I've just always, yeah, always dreamed and wanted to be an album artist. So that's something that I will yeah. continue to do. Do it, man. Do it. Yeah. Mate, we've just done an hour. Um, it's absolutely flown by. Nah. <laughs> um, what have you got coming up in the next next couple of months just to, to so we can promote some shit? And then we can yeah, so I've got my my single Damarung, which is out on family planning, um, which and I've got a US tour, which was is supposed to be eleven dates over five weeks, but uh, there's a couple of visa issues, so I don't know when or just there's like a delay in yeah. the visa arriving, so I don't know which ones are going to be rescheduled. But um, I'm doing Cross Festival Sick. Um, with Ben UFO. Fortet and Joy Orbison, uh, which I can't wait to do. That's, um, mate, that festival is so much fun as well. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah it looks. I mean, amazing. it looks. It looks great. Yeah, and I'm um, right on the. Is it right on the water? Pretty much. Yeah, it's like you can see the water from there. It's, it's San Diego. Have you been to San Diego before? No, I've never been to San Diego. So it's that's... beautiful. It's a, it's one of my favorite places in America. Um, yeah, it's 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 
a really good party and the guys that run it are just so nice and it's like a super well created or curated party um yeah it's amazing amazing yeah i'm super excited about that and then i think i'm i'm doing um uh particle flash with tiga cool um a couple of days before that i think that's at early march in dc and um, then in dc yeah yeah um then i think i've got a club called ronda in la so to doing um las vegas with those guys as well um denver doing meow wolf yeah um what else is there um san francisco monarch in san francisco um somewhere in boston yeah there's a couple uh, (laughs) (laughs) just throwing random city names out (laughs) Uh, but there's yeah there's it's it's it, yeah it's quite an extensive tour and I think Mexico City as well um, so I, I and and LA as well cool so there's um yeah there's a few I'm just so excited to come over it's yeah. like the first time I've I've played in America so it's oh it's, man you're gonna have the best time I'm buzzing yeah let, let me know wait. text me the dates as well because if I'm about I'll um I'll come to one. I'll, I'll fly out. Yeah, yeah, that'd to. be amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'd love yeah. To check it out. So you're in Detroit. Yeah, I'm in Detroit. Um, just tour about as and when. I tour more in the in the states than I do anywhere else at this moment in time. Um, so just, how how long have you been living there? In the states, on and off for like six months, six years. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've been in Detroit four and a half years now. Um, nice. what what drew you to that obviously the the history no it like detroit's interesting because you have this like amazing rich history of the city like there's so much history um obviously like techno but you've got like motown you've got the car industry it's it's like so much history but it's also such it got fucked over massively um and is like one of the poorest cities in america or it went it it's the only city in America that went bankrupt. Um Fuck. but I it's super affordable to live here. Um and you can kind of get more for your money than anywhere else in that that kind of has a bit of a scene. Um and I really like I before I came to Detroit, I was in New York and I love New York. Um but I just didn't want to live in an apartment and pay like four grand a month. Yeah. And, yeah. And never there, you know how it is like when we're touring yeah. every weekend, we're never there. So it's like, what's the point of just like wasting this much money. And then a friend invited me to come and stay, come and rent one of their apartments in Detroit. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't my forever city. Um, but it's, it's great and it's got a cool little scene and there's some really interesting things about the city that I love. Um, so just try it out and I've just ended up here for quite a while. Um, but yeah, nice. it's definitely, definitely there's a, there's a festival called movement, which I'm not too sure if you've heard about. Oh yeah. I've heard of movement. Yeah. Um, but it's like the, it's the most iconic techno festival in America. Um, and the guys that run it, a company called Paxahow, they do quite a lot of cool shit in the city. Um, and that that festival is like the one in America, really. It's like the, the yeah. kind of... what Whoever plays in 
at movement is, is is like at the peak in America scene, whether that's an international DJs or, or American based. So it's um it's definitely an interesting place for that as well. It's the best time to come to Detroit as well when that's when that city's going on. But yeah, when is it? I mean, uh, I'll put it on my vision board. So. Yeah, do it, man. It's um it's in <laughs> it's Memorial Weekend, which is May time. Um let me just pull it up because they've just announced part of the lineup. Um, movement. It is May the twenty eighth to the thirtieth. Yeah, it's fun, and it's right in the heart of the city, so it's like nice. Yeah, it's dope, dude. Um, how can people follow you and everything as well before we go? Yeah, so Absolute is here on all the socials basically instagram probably the main one yeah hey thank you so much for coming on it's been really nice to talk to you um yeah it's been great thank you so keep much in touch, mate and keep safe yeah. and i'll see you soon yeah you too see you Peace. soon Cheers. love that conversation thanks for listening uh please don't forget to subscribe share it send it to your mates um tell your friends about it keep safe have a great week see you soon with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.